naturally by finishing this um, first like three missions, the child gets to know what is the hardware, why is he connecting it to a computer, and what is the basics like the the whole why is he doing this coding. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. In this episode, I'm talking to Amir Baradaran, the CEO and co-founder of Folio. Folio creates foldable educational toys that work with the well-known Calliope Mini board. Samir is part of the founding team at Folio, a company that has its roots at the University of Saarland in Germany. A small team of student researchers took on the challenge to create an educational system that includes paper-based printed circuit boards. Printed circuit boards are essential for modern-day electronics and computers, but normally these are quite stiff and non-flexible boards. The team at Foldier researched how these electric circuits can be printed onto normal paper, which has the benefit that you can fold it and thereby create stunning 3D shapes with a bit of handcrafting. So paper is obviously quite cheap, but more importantly it's a material that kids are very familiar with. Foldio is combining a well-known material, paper, with circuits and sensors to teach kids computer science. Their products work in combination with the Calliope Mini Educational Board, which is well-known here in Germany and by now it's also sold globally. Their first product, the Foldio Starter Kit, includes instructions for several so-called missions for the kids and also some information for the parents. Also included are of course the colorful paper-based circuit boards. So be sure to visit kidslab.dev for the companion blog post with info about Folio, some images of their products, including some workshop shots, and of course, all links mentioned. Again, that's kidslab.dev. Okay, hi Amir. Thank you so much for taking the time to record with me. How are you today? Hi, Sven. Thanks. I'm very well, thank you. And I hope you and your listeners are too. Um, I have to say I listened to your podcast uh, myself and I'm very honored and proud to be here. So thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, it's absolutely a cool project and I'm super glad that you can be on actually. So and let's, let's jump, jump right into the topic actually. So um, I mentioned in the intro already how Foldio began as a team of student researchers and you being one of them at the University of Saarland in Germany. That's, I would love to hear this story from, from your, with your own words, really. So can you tell us the full story how Foldio was actually founded? Sure. Um, well, um, it goes back to 2016, November 2016. I was just finished with my uh, master thesis uh, in computer science and, um, Simon, a PhD student from uh, Human Computer Interaction Group, Zabon University. We were working in the same building, not working together, but we were like uh, in the same building. And um, we officially met in the startup weekend. Um, the Foldio paper, it was uh, initially him, Professor Steimler from Human Computer Interaction. It was um, a paper that was won the paper, uh, best paper award in 2015 on how to print complex sensors with conductive ink. And they were looking for a spin-off opportunities. Um, I'm coming from a family of teachers and eagerly looking for edtech social entrepreneurship opportunities. I was at that time when he was explaining it, it was like looking for ways that he could incorporate it in any kind of business. And um, it suddenly like 
hit me. It's like the aha moment. And we said, oh yeah, let's do something for children because they are already familiar. Like their children in the early ages are already familiar with paper. And this mm-hmm. can be a very good uh, next step. Um, in the beginning, we wanted to do something like with electronics, uh, like to teach them the basics of electronics and computer science. And um, at that startup weekend, we got the second prize, um, two or three months of uh, incubation from IT Incubator in Saarbrück in Saarland. Um, then Michal joined my co-founder, um, one year of grinding. Um, then we got Exist, Runde Spendium, and yeah, and here I am, um, 2020, a team of 14 people, which I'm very proud of. Like the people, like we got a very talented uh, teammates and that's yeah where we are that's super fascinating and it definitely you can be very proud of that really so and i find it interesting that education was the was on the roadmap from the beginning actually right i mean them because i mean if you're if you figured out how to print these complex circuits onto paper there will probably also be some other ways to actually well make money of that actually and and make good use of that right so, yes yes there was i mean even at that point like in the very beginning there were a lot of other thoughts, but um, this is kind of was our mission from the beginning to do something for education. Uh, I mean, we had offers from uh, like uh, producers of uh, gift cars, like this, uh, like the cars that you sent to other people um, or several things. Um, but we really wanted to focus on this. And that was why we're here. Yeah. Very cool. So you explained it already. Essentially, you are printing circuits onto paper. And that's very innovative, I think. And uh, the kids, of course, are very known to paper. And then the kids kind of fold these circuits into shapes, into 3D shapes. And uh, in the end, you attach the Calliope Mini, which is a single board computer used a lot in, in education, of course. So can you explain how printing circuits onto paper works and how you perfected this creation, uh, this creation of these paper circuits, basically? So the printing um, on paper, uh, it's like printing circuits on paper, is rather older technology in human-computer interaction. But the way that we use it, also the, the pipeline that we use to print sensors is novel. It's part of also this paper. Also, we are standing on shoulders of different patents on um, fast prototyping, especially. That was like one that we really uh, benefited from. Um, so basically... Um, in the beginning, we um, we had different challenges on how we can print this sensors on paper. Um, it's this conductive ink. Uh, we made a small lab. Uh, it was just a lot of work, a lot of papers that we had to read. And then we perfected this uh, feedback loop of creating something very fast, tested, uh, and then making a new one. And like the whole paper, because it was paper, it was easy to dispose, but like the whole printing me- mechanism helped us really fast to have like the perfect sensor after a lot of trial and error. Very cool. And that's really printed. So it's like it's like you're printing it like with an inkjet printer, basically, right? So you're printing this onto paper or is it somehow else attached to the paper? It is. Um, well, it, in the lab, we did like... Uh, printing uh, with uh, with printers like with uh, special printers that we had but uh, yeah now it's a screen printed so it's um, like the way you do it with uh, bigger bigger bunch like box and everything else yeah yeah or like with t-shirts for example yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah very cool so are you thinking of other applications than the educational market too i mean there must be lots of uses for that 
There are, um, as I said, um, we still get a lot of uh, other, like wherever we pitch this, like there are a lot of people who um, talk about, oh yeah, we can use this patent here and there. Um, but we also have a lot of things that we want to achieve in educational market. I mean, now our team is not only technically um, solid, we also have a lot of educators, like we have three teachers on board and um, we have so many different goals in educational market to hit uh, i wouldn't see us going anywhere anytime soon so i would say we will stay here for a good bit of time yeah which is great for us of course so <laughs> um so why did you choose the calliope mini for um for folio um i have a rough idea that it's about the shape of the calliope mini uh but i'll give you time to answer of course um, we, when we wanted to choose the right brain, there were several things that was important for us. Um, it has to be simple and fun. It has to have a nice interface and it should have been popular in the region. And Calliope had all of these, uh, characteristics. Um, at the time that we started this project, Calliope was also kind of starting and we got to hear it on the news and everywhere else. Like there are a lot of people talking about it. And um, we also saw that a lot of children in the schools are going to see the Calliope. And um, some some schools may buy it for children. So are we offer two boxes, one with Calliope and without Calliope. We thought it's a natural for some children to just plug their Calliope into the box that they buy so they don't have to pay for the Calliope. And um, it's also very popular in the German market. We wanted to be successful in the region at the start. So that was the reason that we chose it. So let's dive a bit deeper into the starter kit um, that I also have here in front of me. So um, you speak of stories, for example, and missions in the in the little mission book, I think. And uh, there are also a couple of examples that you, you know build right away and uh, to get started with that. Um, so what can the kits kind of build with the starter kit and how do you get started? Yeah, so this is a starter box is made for a child which like for children who don't have uh, the initial experience uh, like with coding and it just brings them step by step inside so um in the beginning you see a story that the child uh, like there is a character a fox shaped character coming from space and uh, he needs a companion and then uh, you build this companion by folding this uh, foldable toy like this paper um, at the same time, we put here and there different uh, ideas. Okay, so what does the battery do? Why why you need these screws? Why there needs to be a connection? What is input? What is output? And so naturally, by finishing this um, first like three missions, the child gets to know what is the hardware, why is he connecting it to a computer, and what is the basics, like the, the whole why is he doing this coding? Um, so that would be like the very... Um, start of the missions and then the next missions come along and then i can actually talk about the next missions as well if you want more yeah sure i mean there are different uh levels for the missions i believe right they're like easy medium and hard missions right and what, what i actually like about these missions that you always uh tie them to to the name of the the character right i think the the first character i learned about was finn uh so the kids can kind of relate to a person right that needs to solve a problem actually Yes, and we like uh, you actually should have been. I mean, as I said, I'm very proud of our um, didactic team and also designers. We had a lot, a lot of meetings on what to call the character and what it should do, and it's uh, there are a lot of word plays uh, in in the whole book, and also it's the characteristics of what we do generally is because of these talented uh, designers. 
um, in the box. Um, so there are like six missions that are directly connected to the characters that we have. Like the first is the Finn, then the Raya, and then the Creative Folio. And then they prepare you to go to the open world, which would be the uh, Calliope itself using this hardware on the side. So the first six missions are following different stories. And then we have 11 extra missions on, on the interface um, as well that are going much deeper into the technology. We try to use each sensor at least, and it starts from just measuring the temperature until uh, two Calliopes talking to each other. Very nice. And the Calliope, as, as many of our listeners will actually know, it has a lot of sensors, right? I mean, you have a microphone, right? And you have the accelerometer and gyroscope and whatever, right? So there's, um, you can even probably in the end attach something to the growth connectors, um, if you can fit it somehow into the, in the case, for example, here. I think you also created your own version of the make code based editor, right? That's very often used to program the Calliope Mini. So can you walk us through the differences um, between the normal editor that people might know from normal Calliope Mini programming and the special um, Foldio editor? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was actually one of um, uh, one of the challenges in the beginning. But when we started this uh, Foldio project, um, the Calliope was using an older version of MakeCode and there were no missions, um, like the lessons that you see, like interactive instructions. The languages, we needed three languages and it was um, not well supported. We also wanted our own blocks. So all of these specifics that we needed were not implemented. And then we spent a lot of time looking to different, like uh, original make code and looking at the Calliope hardware. Um, it, it was a time well spent. Now we know everything, like we went deep into the hardware and software. And now our interface, um, um, right now, I would say the interface of the Calliope is also updated to newest version, but there are still differences. So the main differences are like the missions that we have uh, from the scratch. So you could add your missions in the Calliope one as well, but that also needs a lot of steps for children. It's not possible. So we added everything in the beginning so a child can use it without any hassle. Also the whole blocks that we have, like the blocks with the ears and like the touch sensors is something that Again, in the Calliope, you have to go toward the steps because they are same same blocks. So you can, there are ways that you can do it, but it's not possible for a child, which is the first time they're working. And the last part is the language that we really specifically went through the things that we needed and we didactically corrected it. I mean, that's also that we are having the three different languages that are very yeah solid and on point. And what are these three languages? So right now it has English, German, and French. Perfect. I mean, that probably relates to your closeness to France, I guess, exactly. right? Exactly, yes. Very cool. So is, is, is that Calliope actually also sold really well in France, for example? Do you know about that? The French version, um, we were um, mostly addressing Canada, as Calliope is expanding in Canada. Um, we haven't started selling there. Um, thing is, like, uh, our first Starbucks right now is in um German and the French and English versions are in production. So they're not out in the market yet. We finished the interface first and try to see what changes we can do for the other two interfaces, but that would be the market. So the market was Canada and the French market we all have um, started, uh, but it's in the very beginning. So I would say the market share of Calliope in Canada is more than uh, French, at least to our studies. Yeah. 
So I think you also started working together directly with schools and teachers. And uh, that probably means that Folio is, is in use at some German schools right now. Is that correct? Yeah, to some of them. Um, the, um, the part is that we uh, started working with teachers as we have, as I said, we have three teachers who've been working with us, like the part-time teachers and part-time working in Folio. And um, we are also, every now and then, we bring our uh, Folios to different schools to see how it works. It's not really a financial, like we, it's more of a donation basis. Uh, we take it there and um, also, we are working with Coder clubs like Coder Dojo in Saarbrücken and uh, in um, Saint Ingbert, um, uh, and we basically um, it's it's more on that sense. Like we, I wouldn't say that we are working with a lot of schools like that. We give them our product at the moment. We had a few of them were uh, in the past, but yeah, that. Uh, Uh, is limited to that at the moment it's probably a learning relationship right so you're trying to learn from the experiences that the, the teachers and the kids make of course and then in this case when you when you give it to a school you you get feedback from a 20 kids or so immediately and a teacher which is awesome exactly and also a product that goes to a school and is just in a classroom has a little bit of a different dynamic than the product that you give to a child to start at home and um We are trying to fit that also for with our full uh, full year classroom sets, um, but that's also like in the, in the next level in the production. So the product itself, when you give something, like you have to think differently when you want to give something uh, some a product to a child at home or or a child in the school. Yeah. So what are these differences? So um, compared to giving a product like this to a parent, for example, like me, and I basically teach it to my kids or show it to my kids versus giving it uh, a classroom set to a teacher and hoping that the teacher applies it at school, for example. Yeah, one of the main uh, ones is uh, the learning outcome that has to be really parallel to what the teachers want to teach at that class. So these learning outcomes has to be clear for them. And you have to have like teaching instructions on what to do in each different parts. For parents, we have a different ways of explaining like uh, the bark report, like what, what you do if this happens and that, and that's like very smaller part. So it's like, it's, it's in one letter that we have in the box for teachers you have to have like the whole lesson plan. So because there's a lot of things. So when you want to give something to a teacher, you have to think about that. You want to take the, um, like the part of the work that they have to do. So you have to give them a lesson plan for that hour. So they are uh, feeling confident to go into the class with that new product that they haven't played with before. So that's gives them the confidence and uh, yeah, to, to really try the product. So how would you describe the educational market in Germany in general when it comes to computer science and coding? Uh, do you think a lot of change has changed over the last years? And, and where do you see the market is going? I would say the market is growing for sure, like financially. I mean, there are a lot of fundings. Of, like It was also in the news uh, last year, 5 billion uh, euros invested in uh, digitalization of the schools. And um I would say a lot of things also made the whole uh, process much faster, like Corona, like the whole uh, remote work. Um, and I see it generally a very positive uh, change. Also, what we are working um, with um, different, like, as I said, like we're working with the teachers and we are uh, monitoring also the learning outcomes. And we see that in the near future, 
the computer science is going to be mandatory in many different levels of the schools. And that was like super necessary for adaptation because, you know, sometimes you need a bit of like uh, uh, kind of positive reinforcement for these topics to get into schools. And then um, so that that we see very, very positive in, in, in the short and long term. So finally, that's something where Corona actually might be of help, actually, right? Because I totally agree with you. All this remote learning, of course, creates a market for more digital products, right? And more, no, I would say electronic and encoding kits, for example. Exactly. Totally agree. So can you tell us a little bit what's planned for the future when it comes to Folio? Are you working on more project kits, for example, or more characters? Yes, always. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we have... Um, um, One prior uh, one um, product uh, coming in the next three three months. I mean, I'm, I haven't actually really talked about it anywhere else uh, or on a social media. It's going to be a folio for microbit. Um, so that's what we have been working a lot uh, in the past uh, few months, and it's going to be a reworked manual. It uh, it's going to be also like available for teachers, and uh, we went through a lot of uh, so we basically made everything that was working better and also removed every bug that we could see on the way. So yeah, that would be our first product. And um, there is another one that is going to be released for Christmas and that is a full deal cybersecurity. And that's going to be a mixture of uh, software, like a, a mobile game and the hardware. Uh, and it's going to teach the children the basics of cybersecurity, like uh, taking care of their devices, um, security over internet, uh, not talking to strangers, all the, like, the main points that the children have to know uh, to be safe on the internet. Wow, that is pretty impressive what's planned here. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing that and to, to actually holding it in my own hands. Um, Amir, thank you so much for this interview. It was great to talk to you and all the best for the future. Thank you so much. Pleasure was all mine. Um, it was very fun talking to you and all the best. Cheers. Foldio offers a unique way to combine paper crafting, electronics and coding. It's a great experience for the kids and also means lots of fun. Now head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes. There are lots of links available that you should really check out. In the next episode, I'm talking to Johannes Engelke about Scout Lab. Scout Lab is organizing events and workshops about topics such as the internet, electronics or the maker movement. 